is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Wow, only two quarterbacks scoring 30 or more fantasy points as we enter the Sunday Night Football Contest. Welcome to the show. It's Fantasy Football Today. It is Sunday night. We are recapping the action for you here. Adam Azer with all three of them. Dave Richard, Jamie Eisberg, and Heath Cummings. And yeah, maybe, maybe restoring order a little bit, guys. Not a great, not a great quarterback weekend, Jamie. Well, if you take out the Thursday night guys, then yes, it was a bad, uh, yes, bad, oh, especially that's, they're currently two and three, Brady. Bad, Luck. bad week of quarterbacks. Um, there were some guys that I think you could have pointed to and say they would struggle. There was a guy that I think a lot of people expected to struggle and he played great in Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, 34 points. Yeah, I mean, great, was, great game uh, script. He was, he was fantastic. Um, but, uh, yeah, there was, I mean, there was going to be some market correction coming and, sure. and we saw it. Is it that big of a market correction? We already have 12 quarterbacks with at least 22 fantasy points. That's low. I guess that's low compared to what we've seen the first four weeks of the season. We still have four quarterbacks to Yeah, no, it's through. just we've had eight or more with 30 fantasy points, uh, three straight weeks. I'm going to ask Heath about a, a question, uh, a position now. Heath. Was this week a case for or against rostering kickers? Kickers are awful. They have always been awful. And hot take, we're going to have five quarterbacks this week score 30 or more fantasy points. So three of the next four. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Can, I, can I just say something? This, is, this may be one of the more enjoyable experiences that I've had doing podcasts with all of you because now Adam gets to look back at Heath, <laughs> who is on Skype, and smile at all of his bad jokes. Yeah. Right. I, I don't like this person, this situation with Adam here. Cause normally Adam's in a different place. Dave's in a different place. Jamie's in a different place. Now it's like the three of you guys are having a conversation and I'm just laying here watching. So let's, uh, let's cut him off. What was he? I don't even care what he's saying. Let's talk about winners and losers. Uh, and Heath always the first one to give me the winners and losers. But I'm going to go to Jamie first. Jamie, cause you, I'm not convinced you have winners and losers. You refused to give them to me before the show. No. Dave, would you like to look at my 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 uh? What, that that's a list of players, all right? Their names are. Yes, you do okay. have names. There okay, let's go. Two winners. Uh, Muhammad Sanu. Yeah, all right. It's Muhammad now three Sanu. straight games of him being productive. Uh, Heath could tell you I I had a uh a dilemma uh, uh an internal dilemma I guess about that I that I shared with him uh, about picking up Muhammad Sanu last night, and I picked him up Heath, but I didn't play him. Oh, well, that's disappointing. Yeah. I played him in daily though. Forty-four percent. I played him in daily. Yeah, he's a must-add guy. Um, with how bad this defense is, look, he's getting more targets than Calvin Ridley. He's having more catches than Calvin Ridley. He's just not scoring more touchdowns than Calvin Ridley. But he's so, scoring more touchdowns than Julio Jones. Uh, that's true. He's scoring more touchdowns than Julio Jones. <laughs> um, he he's very quietly been good the last three weeks, including right. today. Second winner, uh, Jordy Nelson. Another guy that's been very good the last three weeks. So yeah. can Amari Cooper uh, show up? Because Jordy Nelson. Oh been the God, better. Heath, you were right. I made the wrong call on Amari Cooper. I'm generally right. Five out of five. Five out of five. I sat, I started him t- like 10 yards. I sit him, huge game. I started him 10 yards, sit him, huge game. So what are you doing him. next week so the rest of us can, uh. I'm starting him. Okay, so I'm starting him 10 yards this week. Jordy Nelson, four catches, 43 yards and a touchdown. And that's Easy three touchdown. straight games with a touchdown. 84% on. Only 35% started for Jordy Nelson, so. Sanu and, and Nelson are winners for Jamie. Dave Richard, two winners. Let's start with James Conner, who was kind of dudsy the past couple of weeks. Came back, had a great game against Atlanta. That Falcons defense is just so banged up. Them, them, they're banged up, and Indianapolis is banged up, and anybody who plays against them should do well. And the other winner is Alfred Morris, because we know that Matt Burita looks like he's going to miss some time. 
Uh, NFL Network said it was an ankle sprain. We'll see if there's more to it than that. It did not look good. It's too bad because Breida got off to a great start. But I think it's pretty clear now that even when Breida comes back, he's not in every down featurey type of running back. They're going to have to use two of them. And Alfred Morris is going to have a consistent role the rest of the season and a big role for the next couple of weeks. They even had three catches for 30 yards. So that's nice for Morris, who's only 48% owned. He got dropped in a lot of leagues. Right. And it made sense. It looked like Breida was going to start taking that job away. In fact, early in the game, Brito was being used in goal-to-go situations. He actually, I think he caught the touchdown, right, from five yards out. Um, so, And then he got hurt. So this is a big opportunity for, for Alfred Morris. Next week will be at Green Bay, then the Rams. Um, all right, so James Conner, are you feeling— Sell high. Sell high. Oh, sell high. Are, you, sell talk, high. are you talking about the Steelers selling high on Le'Veon Bell? <laughs> no, sell high now. Because you think— Bell comes back and if you if you if you can find somebody that thinks that they're going to trade Levy on Bell or not going to play Levy on Bell, see if they'll take James Conner from me. But I like Jason Lockenfora. We all like Jason Lockenfora. He thinks that they're going to sell Levy on Bell, that they're going to trade Levy on Bell. He he's also convinced. said that they he's convinced that they're going to use their two week exemption on him, meaning even when he does come back, it's going to be two more weeks before he plays. We'll see the. Connor is doing what he has to do to prove that he's a part of this offense. What if they use both of them? Heath, you want to weigh in on this? Steelers? I've got a a fun James Connor stat from Pat Thorman on Twitter. James Connor forced 12 missed tackles today. Le'Veon Bell has done that once in 66 career games. Well, the part of the reason is because nobody touches Le'Veon Bell. And he played Atlanta, which is part of the reason why Connor had such a big game, but... You're going to be feel confident starting Connor in every game where you know he's the main back for Pittsburgh, and it could be every game from here on out. We just don't know. All right, Heath, let's get your winners. Yeah, besides whoever Adam throws a fit over us having ranked too high, I will say oh, David who, Njoku. Who was it this week? David Njoku finally got the involvement with Baker Mayfield we were hoping for, had 11 targets in this game. And just at the moment when everyone agreed that we should drop or stop trusting David Ajoku, he was good. And then I'll say LaShawn McCoy as well. It looks pretty clear if you take out the Nathan Peterman game, this Bills defense is good enough to be competitive against teams that aren't great. And they finally got back to giving LaShawn McCoy the ball. This was a good game for him. Yeah, 24 carries for 85 yards, two catches for 23 yards. He led the team in receiving. With 23 yards. That's amazing. Earmuffs. Earmuffs. Oh, we got a touchdown here. All right. Um, so, but no, but I thought that this was finally, yeah, a very encouraging sign for McCoy. But I mean, is it, is it reason to sell him or reason to start him, Heath? Well, I mean, starting him is going to be a week to week decision. I don't know that you can sell him after one game when he averages less than four yards per carry like he has all season. I just think it's him. encouraging. If you were the LaShawn McCoy owner, you were up the creek without a paddle. Now you yeah. have a little reason for optimism that you might be able to use him at some point in the right matchup. Let's guess LaShawn McCoy's start percentage this week. He's 98% owned. He was started in how many leagues? What percent? 38. 17%. He- 32. 44. Congratulations. Close without going over. What do I win? Uh, you Lashawn win. McCoy. <laughs> you win some fantasy loser, <laughs> losers, pardon me. Uh, Heath, give me your fantasy losers. Derek Carr, no. Um, Amari Cooper, 
Oh, you're and saying that was my okay. I got you, but he's outscored. You know why he outscored Flacco, didn't saying. he? He outscored Flacco. You know Did what, he man? Flacco? I'm pretty sure. I'll double check. It, Carr throws throws that stupid interception in the end zone. Changed his whole game. He would have had a respectable game. A terrible throw that was. He would have had a respectable game. He was not going to have a good game. He is not good. What are you, what are you talking about? You, every, nobody's good, according to you. Derek nobody's Carr's not good. good. There are lots of good. All, most of the quarterbacks in the NFL are good. He's a below average quarterback. Amari Cooper and Tevin Coleman are oh my, my losers. Yeah, yeah. He's, fact, he's, he's no, he's no Nick Foles. All of the Falcons running backs are losers. Yeah, yeah. This was a bad situation where Freeman and Coleman basically split the work. But then Ito Smith was still involved and scored the touchdown. It's going to be difficult to trust a Falcons running back, any Falcons running back, with as bad as their defense is and three of them involved. Heath, Bryant McFadden noticed something during the game that I tried to check into. We noticed that Devontae Freeman wasn't playing late into the second half. And when Ito Smith started getting work, including that touchdown, Freeman wasn't part of the game. I even wrote a buddy of mine who works for the Falcons, asked him, What's going on? How come Freeman's not playing? And he said there's nothing to report. There was nothing after the game. I don't know if they just decided to pull him because it was his first game back or Could what. Have been a pitch count. Could have been that. That it seems odd. Maybe it was the score being what it was, and they just figured to kind of keep I him out of there a little bit. Think, even even if you take Edo Smith out of the equation, if this is a fifty fifty split and the defense is awful and they're not really involving either guy in the passing game because they're throwing the ball to Calvin Ridley more and they're throwing the ball to Hooper more. I think this is a bad situation for both Falcons running backs. I don't mind buying very low on Devontae Freeman. And this is a good time to do it because he just came back from injury and he had Do you want to buy low on him game. if he's hurt? If he's hurt, obviously not. No, but if it's his first game back. But if and he's this was a, a pitch, pitch count, count situation, listen, they didn't address an injury after the game. If we find out on Monday that he's fine, then yeah, this is somebody I'm going to throw some low balls at. The guy, the guy on this team I'm throwing low balls at is Julio Jones. I, I had a fairly disastrous day in DFS today. And it was because I said Julio Jones was going to score twice. I I play 150 lineups a week. I'm going to have Julio Jones in 150 lineups next week. You know, yeah. that's not a bad idea at all. Would you like to play a guessing game, guys? Oh, yeah, I already know the answer. How many targets does Julio have on the year? Maybe Heath knows since he's so uh I don't have here. the target. I'm not going to cheat. I'm going to guess 53. Jamie Eisenberg? 52. You're both very close. It's 55. Uh, how many red zone targets does he have? Six. He, I will go with seven. He has three. Two of them were into the end zone. All three came in week one. These idiots in Atlanta haven't given him a red zone target since week one. They scared me. And they've averaged four red zone trips per game. Per game. What are they doing? That's weird. This guy's going to be in your lineup next week. He should be. He's taking on Tampa Bay. Uh, the last time he scored a, a touchdown in a regular season game was against Tampa Bay. He actually had two of them in that game and over 250 yards. He had no catches at halftime. He had no catches until the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think it's – look, Beckham kind of had it today. Antonio Brown had it today. And hopefully Julio will have it next week, you know. And I'm still waiting for Keenan Allen again. I mean, Keenan Allen had a nice game, but not a great game. Uh, no, nope. he was great in PPR. He, he was great in PPR, and he finally had some good volume. Yeah, like really good He needs volume. to get in the end zone. Um, but why would they throw the ball downfield? The running backs catch everything. That's true. It's true. Oh, by the way, so kind of a detour on the losers. They're at Cleveland next week. He's going to score. Um, so Tevin Coleman. Oh, we didn't really talk about Amari Cooper. So Heath, I want to get your thoughts on Amari Cooper. But uh, speaking of the Chargers, like, God, do we have to sell high on Austin Eckler? This guy, he doesn't touch the ball enough. 
Trade him for He's Freeman. very good. He would be great if Gordon gets hurt, and Gordon takes a lot of rough hits. That's the only reason I'd have a little hesitation. I wouldn't but sell him. He's just like, he can't keep scoring. He can't keep scoring like this. He's no, not getting but, enough work. But it's, it's still, you don't have to play him every week. Well, trade him for someone that you are going to play every week. I would sure. trade him for, for Devontae Freeman. Yes. Would not, you? Not if he's hurt. No, no, of course not if he's not. hurt. But if he's fine, if they, if we if just, you know, it was a pitch count thing. I don't uh, know. It's just that if Gordon goes down, you're going to kill yourself for That's it. true. That's true. Cause he could be amazing. Uh, Heath, um, yeah, Amari Cooper, 10 freaking yards. Disgust. That's awful. And it wasn't just the yards. It's not like he dropped a bunch of passes and they were trying to give him the ball and things just didn't work out. They just ignored him. Yeah. And I don't have a lot of faith in Derek Carr. I think I made that clear just a few minutes ago. Jordy Nelson and Jared Cook are not going away. Cook had a disappointing game, but still massively out-targeted Cooper once again. I'm, I don't know that it could happen to where he has two good games in a row and then you feel good trusting him and then he lays another egg. Yeah, I'd have to say he's the most frustrating player so far in fantasy. He's definitely frustrating, and I, I really think some of it has to do with his specific matchup from game to game. And when he's got tougher corners on him, the Raiders are more than willing to let him be a decoy. And that turned out to be the case. I don't know how much Casey Hayward lined up across from him, but Hayward in the past has, has done a nice job against Cooper, and I wonder if that's kind of what they decided to do. And when he's got a matchup where he doesn't have a tough cornerback against him, they'll throw to him a little bit more. Yeah, but against Denver, he had 10 for 116 with Chris Harris. Right. right. It's, it's just, was Harris on him all game long? I don't know, but I, I would imagine so. that there was a lot of time where Chris Harris was on him. All right, Dave, who you got as, uh, by the way, against Seattle next week, Oakland does. Um, who you got next uh, for, for losers? Pardon me. Well, another wide receiver that frustrated people after a huge game last week, and that's Corey Davis. And I don't, obviously the targets stink. Uh, you'd think that he'd be able to get more targets and play a little bit better than what he did against Buffalo. I can't say whether or not Drew Davis White was on him all game or not. He was. I can. He was on him a lot. I can tell you that Marcus Mariota is just very up and down. And one week he'll look like the number two overall pick in the NFL draft, and the next week he'll look like number two. <laughs> so yeah, Davis, that I, was frustrating. Yeah. Sure. So but we saw that coming a mile away. It was a mile away that Tre'Davious White was going to chill him. But I don't think it's just because of Tre'Davious White as much as it is Mariota. Like if the if the if the quarterback is a mess, it's going to hurt all the receivers. It spoils. He the did well. lead the team in receiving, but but how Mariota, many yards? Mar- 46, 49 yards. But Mariota only, only threw for 129 yards. And your other loser is Joe Flacco, who I was expecting a big game from. And if you had told me before the game started that he was going to throw 56 passes, I would have said, "Holy crap! I've got him ranked way too low." And he ended up not even throwing a touchdown. That Browns defense is no joke. Yeah, they're, oh, it's they're great. Denzel and Ward had a really good game. Yeah, he's so good. Um, so and this, this, this Ravens offense just seems so mismanaged from, from every, from the run game to Flacco, at least in this game. They played five quarters. They stunk. So let me ask you this, guys, and Jamie will get to your losers in a second, but Dalton had a bad game today. Flacco had a bad game. Bortles ended up having a good fantasy game, but he, he played awful. terribly, right? Did did this week do anything for you in terms of how you view streaming quarterbacks who don't have a great fantasy track record? Not with Dalton. I think Dalton's yeah. going to light up the next three weeks. Heath? You know, it's interesting because, like, the debate that we had a couple of days ago was you have to have one of these elite quarterbacks. And we saw some of those elite quarterbacks be even worse than these streamers we're talking about. Like, Patrick Mahomes is awesome. He played much better than Blake Bortles. Bortles grossly outperformed him in fantasy. Right. 
But, you know, but he played the Jaguars. I think Mahomes will be great going forward. I think the reminder here was that we, we don't have a situation where we have four or five quarterbacks that are super elite and are going to score 30 points every week. But the flip side of that is Brady is back to being Brady. Sure. Luck is back to being luck. Well, luck is volume. Luck and, is volume plus accuracy. Yeah, I mean, it's he's still, making his receivers better. Still, two great games for him. Yeah, and this was the guy that. we expected to be a top five quarterback. Rodgers. Philip Rivers. Back to being Rodgers. I hope so. Is Russell Wilson back to being Russell Wilson? Uh, he might be in games where you know that they're going to be chasing points or having to score a lot. So this was a weird game for that. He only attempted 21 passes because they ran the zero ball. rushing yards. Yeah, they ran the ball well, really well. I think that's just he, out of his he's game. He's not. Now. Yeah, Russell Wilson's not back to being Russell Wilson until he starts running. The I ball. wouldn't put him in the same category as those guys though. Zero uh, rush attempts. Yeah, uh, Jamie, you losers. I'm giving you three. Oh. Um, because you didn't think I did anything. <laughs> so the first one is, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I thought I wrote that. Oh, I'm gonna give you two. Now you need four. Uh, Devin Funches. Um, yeah. I expected him to struggle against Norris Jenkins. He did. He led the team in targets, but DJ Moore was more involved. Uh, Christian McCaffrey after another guy not getting a catch in the first half, first, first two and a half quarters. Uh, they went to him in the fourth quarter, but Greg Olson's expected to play in week six, and we know what that has been for Devin Funches. When Olson yeah. has been active, Funches has not been good. And so now you're looking at, uh, a game where, uh, he needed to have a, a bigger performance than he did, but Jenkins is playing great. But I, I don't think there was that much Jenkins on him. It was enough Jenkins. I saw Jenkins break up at least one pass. And on Eli him. Apple he was, was, on him was good too. I mean, they yeah. both were on functions. And Cam played terribly. Cam had a bad game. And Cam is so annoying. Carolina really should have lost this game. Absolutely. <sighs> 63 yards. You kidding me? 63. Well, they were playing the Giants. You can play a stinker against the Giants and still win. They're awful. Yeah. They're not, they're, they're a good, bad team, Heath. They're a good, bad team. They're going to give everybody a game and they're going to lose. Uh, six, six and ten. I don't know. I, that's optimistic. Um, they, they might be Deagles. Like, Jamie, uh, <laughs> would you, would you wrap Devin Funches in a crapola burrito and try and trade it for whatever you can? I mean, nobody's going to give you anything for him. That's no, it depends on what else is in the burrito. All right. Oh, I geez. did, I did have no, Royce Freeman, loser. You, how about, yeah, how about are, that? Are they turning it? I mean, they were playing from behind a lot. I don't know if that means much, but are the they? The narrative won that game. What was the narrative? Uh, division loss, short week, East Coast trip. Okay, cause I was, I was wondering if you were talking about the coach speak narrative, which clearly lost because Vance Joseph came into the week saying, we need to run Royce Freeman more. I don't know if he sounds like, yeah. you know, a 1970s detective. He had eight touches, see? <laughs> he had eight touches, see? And Philip Lindsay had 15 touches. And look, they're both good. I mean, they both do a lot with their carries. Lindsay seems to be better. That offense is terrible. It is, but that doesn't mean they can't run the ball. They they stuck they stunk today, but these have been good fantasy options. No, but Royce Freeman, you just can't trust him. You can't use him next week for sure against the Rams. Well, <laughs> although Mike Davis and Chris Carson would disagree with you, that's true. You know what's funny is like uh, when the Rams were terrible and the Seahawks were great, the Rams always gave him a game, mm-hmm. and now the Rams are great. I don't know if the Seahawks are terrible, but they gave him a game. That was a good one. Okay. I feel like uh, the unexpected, the good games were the unexpected ones this week. And the games that had more hype, the the Eagles game, not uh, game is okay. The uh, Falcons game, pardon me, Falcons Steelers and the Jaguars well, you, game. You, you, yeah, you, you trashed the Steelers. Yeah, uh, all right, and then one more for you. That. Yeah, Tyreek Hill at home. Yeah. He was on the road last week, wasn't he? Or he's had three bad games in a row. Two of them have been home. He's got one touchdown in his last ten home games. Do oh. we buy that though, or is that just a weird fluke? It's a weird fluke, but it's still. 
But honestly, like, is he just going to be an annoying player? This is three weeks in a row with 61 or fewer this, receiving this yards. This was my concern with him coming into the season was the addition of Sammy Watkins plus the way the run game, which has gotten going the last two weeks, or at least the involvement for Kareem Hunt the last two weeks, plus Kelsey, that he's wasn't going to be as great as he was a year ago. And he got off to a great start, which is clearly what he's capable of doing, and he could do that every week if he if he gets enough volume. But there is going to be some inconsistencies with him. And he played a great defense today. You can't you can't take that away. And I'm not saying sell Tyree Kill or bench Tyree Kill because he's he's an amazing player. But I was concerned about the targets and the production has been a little choppy the last few weeks. I, he's worth a film study for sure. The one other thing I'd add to it is that there are other components of this Kansas City offense that have been stepping up the past couple of weeks. Kareem Hunt being chief among them. Last two games he's been fantastic. Chief. Among oh, them. yeah. That's good. I like that. Um, all right, guys. Uh, anything else? Anything else? Uh, Dave, are you sticking around? I'll stick around for a few minutes. Here. All right, good. So let me tell you about Harry's Razors. I could use a Harry's Razor right now. Uh, absolutely outstanding offer on Harry's Razors. First of all, I use it all the time. It's great, sh- great shave. Very smooth, very comfortable. Uh, I love the razor handle. I love everything about it. The feel of the razor handle. I love the shave cream that you get with it. My wife loves it. Great smell. Um, very important. Underrated part of shaving. Why don't you go to harrys.com, excuse me, harrys.com slash FFT, H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com slash FFT, and you will get a great offer. Now, they already have great prices at harrys.com, but get the trial set there on harrys.com slash FFT. What does it come with? A weighted ergonomic handle, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, love the shave gel, and a travel blade cover. This is actually a really good gift. I've gotten this for a few people for Father's Day. Uh, I got it for my dad for Father's Day. Maybe it was his birthday. I don't know. I got it for him. I, I do like to give people Harry's Razor's kit because, uh, you know, you, you kind of take shaving for granted. It's really easy stuff, and you get the same old overpriced stuff at the store. No, try Harry's Razor's. You're going to love it. You're going to save a ton of money, $2 per blade. You want to get the uh, the the other brands? It's like four dollars a blade or uh, four dollars per blade or more. So go to Harry's.com/slash/fft and get that trial set. Harry's.com/slash/fft. All right, so the news and notes: Saquon Barkley hurt his ankle, and uh, he's fine. Uh, Pat Shermer says he's fine. They have a short week against Philadelphia, and Barkley became the third player in NFL history to begin his career with five or more games of a hundred scrimmage yards. Hundred or more scrimmage yards. Who were the other two? One of them was last year. Kareem Hunt. And one of them plays tomorrow night, Monday night. Calvin Camaro. Adrian Peterson. So, yeah, Saquon Barkley's in good company. Uh, Matt Breida, ankle injury. Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cuff left with a concussion. Jamie, what's your reaction to that? I mean, Cooks got rocked. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And this is now his second concussion since the Super Bowl. So, hopefully he's okay. Um you wait, know, wait, he had two since the Super Bowl or this, this is, is his the second first one, one including the Super Bowl? Got it. So his first one since the Super Bowl, but second one this year. Yeah. Calendar, this calendar year. year. Yes. Right. Um, you know, hopefully he's okay. I didn't see what happened to Cup. So, um, me either. You know, again, hopefully those guys are okay. Robert Woods was amazing though after those guys left. I mean, he was just wide open all day long and every target seemed to go in his direction. They used the other guys. Tyler Hibby got a couple catches. Josh Reynolds got a couple catches. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it it's a downgrade to Jared Goff if those two guys don't play next week. Got, well, you know who's the biggest downgrade for golf is Todd Gurley, the fantasy point stealer. Golf has, is at Denver <laughs> next week. Uh, no, he is. I mean, golf is playing so well. Sure. And every time they get near the end zone, it is just the Todd Gurley. Well, what would show. you do? I'd spread it around a little bit. Yeah, no, you wouldn't. Um, 
let's see, carry on Johnson left with an ankle injury. He says he's fine and they've got a bye coming up, so he should be okay. Jesus, uh, it's so frustrating. Yeah, I know, it's ridiculous. Uh, there was actually a lot of interesting goal line stuff, uh, this week. Devin Funches, so he left to get an IV at one point, but he also got hurt on the final drive. Doesn't seem serious, but keep an eye on Funches. LaShawn McCoy, I mentioned this, he led Buffalo in receiving with 23 yards, that's amazing. Cortland Sutton hurt his leg. As if the Dolphins needed more news on their offensive line, uh, Laramie Tunsil left with a possible concussion. They got the Bears. Uh, they don't need him against the Bears next week. Uh, Jacksonville running back Corey Grant is out for the season with a lift frank injury. And, and their left tackle, Josh Wells, their backup left tackle, left with an ankle injury. They'll be at Dallas next week with a banged-up offensive line. I picked up Grant before today trying to stash him. Oh, yeah, so now now I've got a uh, – Stanza's more like <laughs> Now I've got a dead spot to fill – Pierre Garçon left with a shoulder injury. Mason Crosby was come back? one for – did he? I thought so. Who's okay. this? Garçon. Garçon. I don't think he did. Um, I thought he did, but he did not look like he was healthy. Well, neither did uh, Mason Crosby. One for five on field goals, 0 for one on extra point attempts. Marshawn Lynch scored fewer than seven points in non-PPR for the first time in 13 games. Rashard Higgins left with a knee injury. Carolina center Ryan Khalil has an injury. Tennessee left tackle Taylor Luan can't stay healthy, left with a foot injury. Giants right tackle Chad Wheeler left with a hand injury. And some awesome stuff. Kansas City had a great interception celebration. That was fun. Juju Smith-Schuster gave birth to a football. And Cincinnati <laughs> defensive lineman Michael Johnson had a pick six that went off a helmet. Not a great, not a great day for Ryan Tannehill, guys. Just how many times have it we was, said uh, that? It was, it was a very fun, um, green room experience today in, uh, at our CBS Sports HQ headquarters. Uh, Nick Costas, our host and, uh, very avid gambler. Um, had a, uh, had a, uh. Oh, he loved the Dolphins. He loved week. the Dolphins. I shouldn't say he's an avid gambler, but he had him in the contest, I guess. The, the Super contest. He's, he's yeah. an avid gambler. Okay. He comes on the Pick Six podcast, yeah. talks um, about his picks. I don't want to call him an avid gambler, but he's bet on how long this podcast will be. <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, he was so excited. He took the over, by the he way. He was so excited when the Dolphins were up 17 to nothing, because he had the Dolphins with the points. Yeah. And, uh, was not happy when that game ended. Yeah, I would like a report on Pete Prisco's reaction to Blake Bortles' play in this game because Pete was very, very quiet on Twitter. Uh, awful. I mean, he 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 knew that uh, he was awful. It's funny though because if you were to look at at Mahomes' numbers and just look at that alone, you'd say the Jaguars probably won the game by ten. Yeah. Well, they had they they moved the ball and then a couple of turn one in the end zone interception, one what inside the ten for Bortles. He he killed some inside drives. their own ten. Uh, but oh, I thought yeah, in Kansas City, two deep yeah. drives, right? That ended the, the interception. Uh, the, the the one of the dumb decisions by Doug Marone was down ten nothing and not taking points. Um, and I know Pete was killing Doug Peterson for what for the two point conversion. Yep. All right. Well, uh, a lot of drinking that just happened right there. We hate <laughs> we hate running back by committee. That's the title of this next segment. I'm going to throw out a backfield, and you tell me. Uh, your thoughts on it going forward. Heath, I'll start with you in the Baltimore backfield where Alex Collins had 12 carries and 59 yards. Javoris Allen had 14 total touches. He had eight carries. He had six catches. He he, he does work near the uh, goal line. He did fumble, though, Javoris Allen. So Baltimore, give me your take on the Ravens backfield. I had an agonizing decision in the PPR league today. I actually started Buck Allen over Alex Collins in a PPR league, and it worked out okay. Nice. I I don't think you can do that in non-PPR. I still expect that Collins is going to be the better option in that format. Collins is the most talented option, but right now, Buck Allen is getting the more important touches. He's getting the catches. He's getting the goal line work. So I do think in PPR, 
Buck Allen is a high-end flex. Alex Collins is a high-end flex, but slightly behind him. And you just flip it non-PPR. Dave, let's go to the Detroit backfield where LeGarrette Blunt was the vulture in this game. Uh, consistently working inside the 10-yard line, getting two short yardage touchdowns. And it's just so obvious that he's not as good as uh, on Johnson. But what's your take going forward as they co- go into their bye? I'm fine considering on Johnson is the number two fantasy running back based on his yardage. I wouldn't expect him to score many times this season. I know he did last week. I don't. The goal line work, the short yardage work, it's just not going to be his. It's going to go to Garrett Blunt, and it's frustrating because on's better. But I, I do believe that what he gave you today, which is 85 total yards, two catches, that's his floor. Okay. Moving forward. Uh, all right. All right. Let's get in the end zone. Hopefully they you know, wisen up during the bye week. Jamie, Seattle's backfield. Two guys with big games against the Rams. And it was Chris Carson, who was 17% started, but he's 93% owned. 19 carries, 116 yards. So that's two straight 100-yard games for him with an injury absence in the middle. And Mike Davis, 12 carries, 68 yards, and a touchdown. Neither guy all that involved in the passing game. Davis is 44% owned. He was 8% started. Seattle backfield. Carson's the better of the two, but Davis hobbled off at the end of the game. I don't know if he's hurt. So we'll see what his status is. Look like maybe an ankle. Um, if he's out, then clearly Carson becomes even more valuable. Um, but he looked great. You know, uh, no hesitation with, uh, the hip. And uh, the only thing that didn't happen for him that happened for Davis was the touchdown. So they gave him the, you know, the work inside the 10, but Carson was also getting work inside there when they were down there. Um, I, I just think this is, uh, a team that's turned the corner with their run game. I don't know if it's just DJ Fluker coming back the last three games, and, and that could be a huge part of it, but. It's no fluke. Yeah. <laughs> hey now, hey now. Um, fluke you. Um, I, I... <laughs> oh, ooh, wow. Okay. All right. All right. Um, yeah, no, it's good. Are you going to trust? Yes. Them? Chris Carson. Both yes. just Carson. Yeah. Carson. I mean, I mean, Davis is, uh, you know, if you're stuck, I don't think he's going to do this consistently. Um, but if they're going to get 31 carries out of their two running backs, that's yeah. a pretty good situation. Did you happen to keep track? You didn't keep no. track, but how close was it a 50-50 split in snaps? Right no now? idea. Because yeah. I, to me, it looked pretty halfway close, but I wasn't paying attention the whole game. Uh, we're going to do Atlanta, but we did the Falcons earlier. So, Heath, let's go to the Jets' backfield. And uh, I was watching the game with my brother, a Jets fan, talking about how Isaiah Crowell was in one good game, one good run all year, basically, and then he had two huge runs in this game. So and the Broncos think, <sighs> um, but they both did well. Powell had 20 carries for 99 yards. Crowell had 15 carries. Do I have? Did he really have 219 yards? Yep. Oh my god, I thought it was a typo and a touchdown. Uh, one catch combined. What do you think about the Jets going forward? They have the Colts next week, then the Vikings. I am greatly looking forward to starting the wrong Jets running back again for the sixth consecutive week next week against the Colts. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I Listen, the thing about Crowell is we've said for like three of the last four years, if you count this year now, that his rushing average is kind of out of whack because of one or two big plays. It may just be that he is adept at making those big plays. I think you have to take that into consideration. He's still the guy that's more likely to score a touchdown, although Powell did get some work inside the 10 in this game. They're not really using Bilal Powell consistently in the passing game. I'm going to flip-flop again and say that Isaiah Crowell is the most valuable running back in this duo, and I fully expect Powell is going to have 100 total yards and a touchdown against the Colts next week. I, I think you can hang your hat on Crow being their short yardage goal line guy, for can whatever we, that's worth. Can we do some rankings right it. now? Let's let's rank a bunch of these guys, right? Let's take Alex Collins, on Johnson, 
Chris Carson, and your favorite Jets running back, and let's rank them. Anybody can start. Nobody wants to do this, Adam. <laughs> I'll say Carson one. Ooh, okay. Uh, carry on two. Collins is last. I, uh, I'm with you on the first two. Crowell. Crowell and three. Yeah. I'll put Buck Allen before Alex Collins. Although my mush worked at him. I was mushing Javorce Allen all week by talking about how long yeah, Blunt, Blunt is last. Since he fumbled. Fumbled. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blunt is last. Is, it just, the, is it just the four that you mentioned or is it all? I mean, you of can, them? you can expand. Yeah, because yeah, Blunt last. would be dead last. Like yeah. he doesn't. And he, well, he you'd rather him. have Mike Davis than Blunt? Yes. I would go Alex Collins, Mike Davis, Blunt. The thing about Blunt, and he's going into his bye week, is like nobody owns LeGarrette Blunt, and usually it doesn't work. But if you're just completely stuck, you know, he might get you a touchdown. So Six that's, or nothing. that's it. Um, or at this case, 12. Heath, did you want to weigh in on that, or you want to move I, on? I didn't, did not want to weigh in on all that right. at all. All right, no problem. All right, let's talk about Green Bay, Jamie. Let's talk about those Packers. Uh, I was hoping Aaron Jones would, uh, would run away with it, and he certainly did not. No, um, it was a lot of Jamal Williams early, and so they're, Gonna be annoying. <laughs> I think that's just the nature of it. Um, there are, there are things that each guy does that Mike McCarthy and, and the Packers clearly favor. And, you know, Jamal Williams is a good pass blocker. Um, you know, for what it's worth, five and a half yards per carry is not bad. You know, the way he ran the ball today. So, uh, just slightly below Aaron Jones who had one it's more actually carry. pretty bad against the Lions. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I think they were giving up six, but it's not bad. I'm just joking. I think they were giving up 6.1 yards per carry to running backs is amazing. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it everything, I don't know what the snap count was, but everything is almost identical. You know, right. seven, seven for 40, six for 33, two for 19 for both of them. And I saw both of them getting work near the end zone at different points in the game. So I don't even know that they have a goal line guy. I feel like it would be Williams first and then Jones later in the game. Um, so that stinks. Who would you rather own rest of season? Jones. Would you rather own Jones or Alex Collins? Jones. Jones. Heath? Jones. Jones. All right. You can see it with Jones that he's going to be that guy. The last one is Miami. Great game for Drake. He caught a touchdown. He was very involved in the passing game. That was weird. He got outcarried by Frank Gore. Like two to one. Yeah. Carry, outcarried. So what do we think? Gore, uh, Drake had six carries. Yeah. Well, to you're one. sure and, as hell not going to trust these guys against Chicago next week. If Drake did not catch a touchdown, we'd be saying to drop him right now. Well, I mean, yeah. what if he had had like close to a hundred total yards? Cause he, he had, he didn't just catch a touchdown. He had seven catches for 69 yards and a touchdown. I don't know if, but that was what a thirty-yard touchdown, twenty-something-yard touchdown. I'm not sure. It was I long. thought it was a long score. I'll get you the number. It was. It was. It wasn't a catch and run. It was a long yeah, yeah. target. In is he going to be more involved in the passing game? Is that their plan for him? That'd it be should fine be. With that. I mean, look, get him the ball as many right. times as you possibly can. And I, I, I don't have a problem with them using Frank Gore. I mean, you know, if they don't want to fully give Drake twenty-plus touches, it stinks for us. But um, Gore ran well today. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like Gore was playing poorly. It's just. Give Drake touches. Give him opportunities. And you see what he could do? It opened up their offense in the first half. Drake's touchdown was 22 yards. I think I think it tells you something when they only give him six carries and they give Frank Gore 12. But also, I think it tells you what the coaches what, think What we've him. seen from them in leads and blowouts is that Gore's been their fourth quarter guy. Mm-hmm. I had to start I had to start Drake, and I just feel so lucky. that I, I think I, I'm going to probably win that league, and I just feel very, very fortunate. Um, all right, uh, we're going to talk about the leaderboard. We're going to get into the games. Let's tell you about the was a really big help to me this weekend. Seat Geek. Yeah, Seat Geek. You got me to the Miami-Florida State game, and I lost my voice because it was so amazing. It was uh, unbelievable. It was so fun. So, Second best college football game of the weekend. Behind? <laughs> the Florida LSU. Game? 
Was that a good game? Oh my god. It was? It yes. was a great game and it was a big upset. I was, you know, I was at the game. I didn't see anything. Kudos well, you, you missed, to the Gators. You missed, you missed the best game of the weekend. Yeah, it was actually but really it wasn't fun the best college, comeback college of the weekend. And you know what? This is why you gotta go to games. This is why I love sports. You gotta get there, man. You gotta get there with SeatGeek. You're gonna get amazing prices on SeatGeek. They search multiple ticket sites. They give you a grade on every ticket based on value. You can immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget and every purchase is fully guaranteed. I know it's a little scary to buy online tickets, but every purchase is fully guaranteed. That's beautiful. So make SeatGeek your go-to ticket for everything, ticket source for everything from sports to concerts to comedy and theater and use the promo code FFT on your first purchase. That's how you save 20 bones. 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Cool people say bones. Uh, FFT is the promo code on SeatGeek. So again, download the app. Use the code FFT. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. You out of here? Tango Kerame. Adios. <laughs> I don't know what that meant. All right, let's look at the leaderboard, Heath. How about our best quarterbacks in Fantasy Week 5? Rodgers, Brady, Luck, Roethlisberger, and then a three-way tie for fifth. By the way, of course, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott in progress right now. Breeze, Alex Smith tomorrow. But Rodgers, Brady, Luck, Roethlisberger, and then we have Rivers, Case Keenum, and Russell Wilson tied for fifth. Um, your reaction? I would just like to say those first four are really close to how I had it ranked at the beginning of the year. It's not how I had it ranked for this week. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to take credit on having it ranked that way at Perfect. the beginning of the year. Um. I guess there's really no – you can't doubt Aaron Rodgers. The nice thing is it looks like he's healthy, and there may not be that big a drop-off between Geronimo Allison and Randall Cobb to the receivers he had today. Um, well, one in particular. Valdez Scantling? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, obviously, they were trailing big. It looked like it was going to be a terrible game for Aaron Rodgers. He threw 52 passes. He threw for 442 yards, but it is great to see him moving around. But let this be their good. offense. Do this every week. Some, some turmoil, apparently, uh, if you read uh, Lock and Four this morning. I mean, how many Packers turmoil stories are we going to read? Uh, just fire Mike McCarthy already. Like, they must hate each other at this point. Like, Well, so we had this discussion on, on our programming today that uh, Aaron Rodgers looks around the NFL, and he sees the Rams. Right. And he sees the Chiefs, and he sees all these creative offenses. And we've talked about this for years, that they're not creative. They make him throw guys open. They don't run yeah. rub routes and picks and crosses and do all these things. It's it's back shoulder fades and you know him dancing around behind the line of scrimmage until somebody gets open. And maybe some of these young receivers can do different things. Maybe this is part of the reason getting rid of Jordy Nelson. Um, but if they just let them play pass first, run second, now that he's healthy, maybe that'll be the case. But this was this was fun to see. And I, I will say this: give kudos to Sportsline, uh, Heath. Where did you finish with Rodgers in your rankings? Or just nine? Okay, you had him nine. Dave and I had him twelve. Sportsline had him one. Really? And he finished one. How about so that? kudos to our Sportsline projections. He finished two behind Breeze. Uh, he will finish two nah, behind nah, Breeze. No, he'll right? probably finish one. No, he will finish two. Um, and then uh, yeah, Rivers is playing great, guys. Do you view Rivers as a keep or a or a sell? Keep. Hold. Hold. All right. Um, let's look at the running backs, Jamie. The top five running backs this week: James Connor. This is a non PPR, but it's probably pretty similar. Uh, James Conner, Todd Gurley, Isaiah Crowell, Saquon Barkley, and David Johnson. And Johnson would be behind TJ Yeldon in PPR. Yeldon would sneak in there at number five. Uh, but Conner, Gurley, Crowell, and Barkley. And then David Johnson slash TJ Yeldon. And then Joe Mixon, Melvin Gordon. So it was great to see Yeldon so, wait, and Mixon. It's funny. Take out 
Crowell, and you have essentially Le'Veon Bell, right? Todd Gurley, Saquon Barkley, David Johnson, <laughs> Leonard Fournette, Mixon, Melvin Gordon. Yeah, and you know what? Like that—that's a great call. Mixon is is basically kind of in that class, right? Well, for me, he was. Yeah, I had him as my twelfth ranked running back coming the season, so I, he was the number one guy for me. And they are so full of crap. I. I Almost, I feel like 75% of the time we hear about somebody being, you know, on a pitch count or whatever, it's garbage. Well, you want to hear something funny? So we do our, uh, we do a halftime show, we do a post-game show, it's a great experience on CBS Sports HQ. We are in the middle of going through the games, uh, in one of our programs, uh, I think it was around 3 o'clock Eastern. And I, we're talking about the Bengals, and I, I, I'm in the middle of saying, it'd be nice if the Bengals would give Joe Mixon a little bit more work, and our host, Tommy Tran, is like, waving me off because we're, we have a scoreboard up and he's going like basically don't go down that hole because Mixon had just scored. Oh, nice, <laughs> I'm, nice. I'm literally just like <laughs> describing the scenario that it, that needs to happen. I'm like, well, see, it's a good thing that the Bengals are giving Joe Mixon that workload. Uh, and I was going to say about Saquon Barkley that he hadn't really had a huge game yet, but he had a huge game. Well, the Giants best quarterback threw him a touchdown. <laughs> well, both of their best quarterbacks threw him a touchdown and Eli might, might be top 12 this week, believe it or not. Um, all right. Wide receivers, Heath. Our top five wide receivers are Odell Beckham, helped by the passing touchdown, but he also had eight catches for 131 and a touchdown after, I think, a really inappropriate interview. I was pretty pissed about that. Robbie Anderson, 24 fantasy points, three catches, 123 yards, and two touchdowns. Torched Bradley Roby twice. Antonio Brown, Devontae Adams, and Adam Thielen. And then I'll extend it to number six, which was Demarius Thomas. And then let's go to number seven, David Moore. David Moore, three catches, 38 yards, and two touchdowns. Does David Moore matter? Does Robbie Anderson matter? I don't believe either one of them matter. Uh, the one I was wanted to first make a comment on, Adam Thielen, I believe the first wide receiver yes. since the 1960s to have five straight 100-yard games to start a season. No, first one ever. The graphic they showed during the game showed two other players in the 60s? Maybe uh, we, first in the Super Bowl era? Maybe. I don't know. We We had first one ever. Well, that's amazing. That's amazing. He's fantastic. And Diggs was great too today. Yeah. Dalen is so much better. So we, we do a, uh, we do a daily contest, um, with a lot of our staff. And, uh, I had a Cousins, Diggs, Thielen stack. Oh, nice. And it worked out very well. I won. Um, it it helps having James Conner and TJ Yeldon too. All right. To be, so to be quick, uh, Robbie Anderson or David Moore, do either of them matter, Heath? I think I answered that. I don't believe they do. Okay. Okay. Cool. That's that's fine. But for anybody that's been sticking with Robbie Anderson, fourteen team league, sixteen team league, you're obviously encouraged by this that Sam Darnold can drive the ball down the field and have some I, success. I had to start him in our Yolo league, and uh, I was very pleased that I did. <laughs> nice. Tight ends, Jamie. Uh, it's Eric Ebron, one Zach Ertz, Eric Swope, uh, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. I think that's the story. And Kittle was he great. backed it up again. Kittle was great. And yeah. he's, he's legit, especially now Goodwin's out. Garcon may or may not have a shoulder injury that could be serious. So I don't think Kendrick Bourne and, uh, the, the Bolden Jr. kid, Victor Bolden Jr. that they just signed up the street. I don't think those guys are going to carry this offense. Now Matt Breida's down. I mean, you want to talk about a team that's just got nothing. They have nothing. And George Kittle is about, well, I shouldn't say that. They have George Kittle. George Kittle is, uh, is a starting tight end rest of the way. All right, Pittsburgh 41, Atlanta 17. Let's go to the games. Heath. The banana. Uh, do we sit, do we sit Matt Ryan on the road outdoors? That's going to depend on, I still think where he is outdoors. Yeah, I mean, he needs a, a good matchup, not like the Steelers. 
Well, this was a good matchup. It didn't go well. I'm not going to sit him, though, like at Tampa Bay or anything like that. And I certainly wouldn't be worried about him next week at home against Tampa Bay. He's going to be a top-five quarterback once again. This this game didn't go the way we were hoping it would, but I'm not discouraged about Matt Ryan. Let's give the Steelers defensive credit because they they bounced back in a big way. They they got after Matt Ryan. They hit him a lot. Yeah, all right. And he was banged up. He left the game. Um. And uh I think we covered the running backs. Yeah, I think we're good here, right? And anything we talked about Muhammad Sanu. Well, we should probably m- apologize for Vance McDonald. Okay, one catch he for was six a yards. Yeah, welcome to tight ends. Um, Calvin Ridley. I mean, Calvin He's, Ridley. I think we probably you, so, you missed his peak value. So here, at one hundred percent. But here's the thing. Look, and, and I know this is going to sound funny, but. When we have a very small sample size of guys, you can't just automatically assume great game consistently, you know. Um, of course, and yeah. I think people sort of do that. Like with Patrick Mahomes, for example. He's had four – this is his sixth NFL start? Yes. And three of them were great. One was okay. Two were pretty bad. It's fantasy point. Yeah. Like he didn't play – he played well today, right? didn't he? Well, I mean he threw two picks. Yeah. You know, it wasn't – it wasn't – 313 yards on the Jaguars. Plus second, second time, touchdown. what is it, in 21 games now that, that they've given up a three? Oh, yeah, whatever it yeah. was, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and everybody's looking at Ridley and saying, okay, you, you're going to get great production, you know, even if he doesn't score touchdowns. The targets have been there. Heath pointed this out on a radio show last night, you yeah. know, that, on, excuse me, on Saturday night, that, um, the, the targets. What was the, do you remember the call? It was Ridley or who? I don't remember who it was, yeah. but I think this is now the fourth game out of five that he's got six or fewer targets. This, so I'll ask, I'll, ask, I'll pose this question to both of you. Rest of way PPR, Calvin Ridley or Muhammad Sanu? I'll take Ridley. I've seen I'll enough. still take Ridley over Sanu, but I don't think he'll be must start. I mean, I've seen enough of Sanu. But I, I don't this, know why in, this is a different Muhammad Sanu. Because the defense is epically bad. Fine, but why would he be better than Ridley? Because I think Ridley's a better player than Muhammad but Sanu. But this is now three straight games where the targets have been more so in favor of Sanu. And so if you're going to buy into right. he's getting no coverage. He's easily true. single coverage. So I'm going to take Ridley also, but it's not I think as far apart as you would think when you hear Ridley and Sanu and what the production has been. Yeah. All right. Sanu All right. is an unbelievable free agent to pick up. Next, Especially against uh, Tampa Bay. Next game, sorry. Next year 100%. All right. Uh Detroit 31 and Green Bay 23. Um all right. Well, yeah. Let's talk about Marquez Marquez Valdez Scantling, eight percent owned, and EQ St. Brown. I changed. Who actually I, had more yards than Valdez Scantling. I, I changed uh, his name, by the way. Yeah. To what? It's Marquez Valdez Sleeper. <laughs> uh, he is eight percent owned, and EQ St. Brown, Equinemius St. Brown, is one percent owned. Let's just do MVS and S E S B. Okay. MVS and E S B. V. Oh, B. I'm sorry. B. St. Brown. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I, are you gonna? Do, do they have a future, or do they just depend on Geronimo Allison and Randall Cobb being out? I mean, they're clearly dependent on those guys being out. I, I would say more so Allison being out than Cobb being out because I don't think that they will use those guys the same if Allison plays. Matthew Stafford was started in 58% of leagues, and he only threw 26 passes, and he got also vultured by – by LeGarrette Blunt, in a sense, you know, they just gave him the ball near the goal line. And he and Kenny Galladay had an almost touchdown. And Marvin Jones had an almost touchdown. He well, played, no, they had one called back on a penalty. They did, but yeah, and Jones dropped a yep. a tough one, a yep. tough one, but a deep one in the end zone. I don't think I don't think Stafford played as poorly as 19 fantasy points would suggest. 
Um, would you guys agree? Is he is is, about this, is he worth holding on to going into the bye at Miami in week seven? No. I, no, you don't hold most quarterbacks going to a bye. You've got to be elite for that. He's worth starting more often than he's not, but you don't need to hold him this week. Okay, Kenny Galladay is like amazing, right? Yes. He he had a a Moss, he Randy Moss the guy, and then Vince Vance McDonald the guy on the same play. <laughs> I didn't see that. He he leaped, leaped over the back of somebody. Uh it set up the first blunt touchdown. He 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 jumped over his back, caught the ball, and then as he's running downfield, stiff arm one of the Packers defenders he's... and got tackled inside the five. He's tremendous. Uh, Jets 34, Broncos 16. We have discussed both backfields here. Are we most, are we just throwing out, uh, Case Keenum's big performance? Yes. Okay. But Demarius Thomas. Heath, is he back? Demarius Thomas. He was 61% started, five catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown. He looked better in this game. He was more aggressive attacking the football. It was an encouraging game. I was very close to giving up on Demarius Thomas. And he showed a little something. I still don't know that I'm going to feel confident starting him. And I don't have the matchup. The Rams. For next week against the Rams. Yeah. You know, you probably will start him against the Rams next week. I think he's the number three receiver. Um, secondary is not looking very good, huh? Uh No. But I, I'll tell you a guy that you could drop now. That's Quincy Nunmo. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, he looked, he's, got, he's got an injury. Some sort of hand injury. And he looked awful. Well, it, not only that. It's just receiver is so deep. And if he's not going to be... Productive. It's been a steady decline from that week one game. So I think he's a very good player. I'm sure you agree, Heath. But with the way Sam Darnold plays, with the way this just offense operates, he's not a must-start guy. And I think if you're not going to start him consistently, he's not a must-hold guy. Oh, man, he's going to be good next week. Next week, they've got the Colts. Colts slot. Yeah, but, right, but, I mean, we should have expected a bad game from him. He was going up. In theory, against Chris Harris. Whereas, I did. I mean, I had him right. just sit and start him, sit him. But it's just one of those things where I, I told Dave, uh, we played against each other. Heath, you referenced the, the dynasty league that we're in, um, the team that Adam and I share together. And uh, I told Dave, I was like, oh, I couldn't make a transaction. I didn't realize Vince Williams was going to be out for the Steelers. And then I looked and I saw Dave started Quincy. And then I go, well, we both got a zero in two spots. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, all right. And then uh, – I, uh, we're good. We're good. We're moving on. We're moving on. Cincinnati 27, Miami 17. Talked about the backfields here. Uh, Kenny Stills, Kenny Stills is 85% owned. Quincy Inunua is 75% owned. Who's more droppable? Inunua in non-PPR, Stills in PPR. All right. Albert Wilson. And he almost had a touchdown too. Stills did? Yep. Andy Dalton. I'm going to tell you something. I'm not going to say which one's which. One of the NFL red zones is so much better than the other NFL red zone. It's just like, dude, you gotta step up your game. Cause I was forced to watch the other one today. It's gotta get better. It's gotta get better, people. Um, Andy Dalton. Let's talk about Andy Dalton. So we still have faith in him. Pittsburgh next week, then at Kansas City, then Tampa Bay. It's a, it's, it's a dream. You're starting him. Yeah, that's it's pretty a dream. good. Now again, Pittsburgh's defense looked a lot better today. A lot better. Cause the pass and Dalton's offensive line looked bad today. Yep. I hope Billy Price comes back soon because that will help things for them. Okay. So we like him. We love Joe Mixon. Um, Tyler Boyd, Heath. Crap. Four, four for 44 on seven targets. Yeah, it was a disappointing game, but I against Pittsburgh next week, I'm starting him again. I'll go back to what I said about Ridley and Mahomes. Small sample size. You start those guys when the matchup seems right. This seemed one of those, but you have to understand that sometimes these guys are just going to disappoint you. Baltimore was at Cleveland. And Cleveland gets the win in their third overtime game of the season. Pretty impressive. Good to see Nick Chubb get more work. 
<laughs> hey, he got the same amount of carries as he had last week. He gets three a week, basically. He got a target this game, though. Two or three a week. Local, so, local kid for us in South Florida, Greg Joseph. Who that? Oh, oh, the kicker. Yes, yes. The uh, ugliest game-winning field what goal. What was that? What history? was that? That was terrible. Um, let's talk about Carlos Hyde, though. I think he's really interesting. I mean, he's at this pace, he's got to be among the leaders in carries. He doesn't really get any catches. He's, such He's had two catches in each of the last two games. He is, but that's not so bad these days, right? So how do you value Carlos Hyde? I mean, we we talked about all those committee backfields, right? We talked about Baltimore, Detroit, Miami, et cetera. Is Carlos Hyde ahead of all those guys? Or would you take Carrion Johnson? Would you take Aaron Jones over Hyde? I don't think oh. you can. No. But there could come a point where he has a string of these games. He's like, kind of a oh, young man's game, yeah. Marshawn, Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. It's a very similar situation to Lynch. The different, the problem for him is he faces the team that just held Marshawn Lynch to his worst game of the season, the Chargers. Mm, yeah, but the Chargers were, were they a good run? Well, no, but they did get Corey Legit. I, I keep saying his name wrong, I think. Legit. Legit. Corey yeah, Legit, right? Legit. Uh, they got Legit back for this game, so take that into consideration. That's a big that, deal. That, you know, maybe that was a, a big help to their run defense. Um, I, I just think that Hyde is, He'll get you probably six or seven points if he doesn't score, and that's either format because he doesn't catch the ball. But you're counting on him to score. He's been so successful scoring the ball. But the volume is great. How do we feel, Heath, about Jarvis Landry? He's gotten two targets in each of the last two games with Baker Mayfield. Um, but I don't know. Maybe they just don't have a great connection. Okay. 69. He's got ten oh. targets. Okay. While Heath answers, you look up their schedule, and you're gonna your mouth is going to drop. I've got their schedule. It's amazing. Chargers at Tampa Bay at Pittsburgh. Kansas City looks a lot like uh, Dalton. Then so Chargers at Tampa Bay at Pittsburgh. Kansas City, Atlanta. Then a bye. We'll worry about it after that. Yeah, it's a good schedule. Here, here's low. what I'll say about Jarvis Landry: is we have to readjust the way we view him. He's not being used the same way he was used in Miami at all. I don't know that he's going to be better in PPR. Than non PPR, he's not a high volume guy because he's not a high catch percentage guy because he's not averaging nine yards per reception anymore. In this game again, ten targets, only caught half of them, but averaged over thirteen yards per reception. I think he's a low end number two wide receiver in both non PPR and PPR. I think the Josh Gordon trade hurts him because now he has to play outside more, which is not his strength. Would you guys rather have Kenny Galladay or Jarvis Landry? Oh, Galladay. Galladay. Uh, and just keep something in mind. The Browns may sign Richard Matthews this week. Not that that's a big difference maker, but that may help him because he may kick back inside again. They, they're going to play Richard Higgins a lot. They seem to like him, and they seem to not like Antonio Callaway just based on some of the conversations recently coming out of Cleveland. Yeah, Higgins is a, is going to be on the waiver wire. Um, he'll be in the column for sure. Three ca- three catches, 66 you yards. Ri- you writing it? I'll, I'll, write, I'll write the Higgins entry okay. for you. No, but he only no. had four targets. But the schedule, though. The he schedule left the game early, right? He uh, did leave the game early, yes. Um, and Kansas City, Jacksonville, 30 to 14, the final score here. Yeah, Bortles ends up with 22 fantasy points. He had a rushing touchdown. He, look, he can run. We'll give him that, but 61 pass attempts, 22 <laughs> fantasy points. That's bad. That is bad. What are you talking about? These guys combined for over 700 passing yards. They did, huh? Yeah, you're right. 743 passing yards. It All was right, the Yeldon. most Bortles yeah. Bortle ever. <laughs> it's just so funny though. Like if you were to say, one quarterback threw for 400 yards. One defense was dominant. Yeah, listen. 
I believe in the NFL, especially this year, but I believe this last year, the great offenses will beat the great defenses. That doesn't mean the teams will win, but I never really thought the Jaguars were going to shut down Kansas City, especially in Kansas well, City. But their offense didn't score very much. I think we should clarify a little but bit. They but they moved the ball. They were they fine. They scored two offensive touchdowns. They did not get shut down. That's for sure. Well, no. they did by their standards and what we've been seeing. That's true. I certainly expected Jacksonville to do better than any other defense would against them, but I, I, I just don't think that the the best defense can stop the best offense in the NFL this this rate. I just don't think it can happen. You're, you're and it right. It didn't happen in the playoffs you're, last year. You're right. Obviously, based on what we're seeing, and is there really a great defense right now? Jaguars have a great defense. They have a very good defense, but are they a good? They're going to walk into your building. Not against, if you're the Chiefs against a great offense. Like if they went to go play the Rams right now, are they no, starting down the Rams? No, of course not, because of the, because of the state of the NFL. But they have a great defense. Yes, I think the, by today's standards they have a great defense. Yeah, but they got exposed on some things. You know, the I, crossing routes and and some certain things that the Chiefs did. And Mahomes had a lot of good throws. I just don't. I don't know. There's a defense in history that would shut down the Chiefs or the Rams right now. It's just. Well, I think the '85 Bears. I mean, like maybe, but but you never know. I just I think that Ravens. The '85 Bears would give up 60 points. Well, right yeah. Now. Well, they're pretty old right now. Um, <laughs> uh, so what did we think of, uh, you know, Westbrook being the worst of the three Jaguars wide receivers? I don't think Moncrief is a fluke. He had 15 targets on six. But this is now throws. three of five games where he's been productive. I think they're going to drive you crazy. Depending, well, on you them. cannot project the Jaguars' wide receivers. <laughs> right. But but okay, I agree with you. But at, at what point is the sample size enough to say that this guy is? As good as Amari Cooper. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just because we, we can't pin, pin down when that guy's going to be good. We can't pin down when Demarius Thomas is going to be good. Like, number three receiver that you can start. Yeah. Like, well, again, I'll just next, say. They're at Dallas. I'll next. just say, it's three of five games for Moncrief. Where, so do you think he's the best Jacksonville receiver? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but that's what I'm asking is like, what's the sample size? Is it, is it seven games? Is it eight games? Is it ten games? You know, where it's, the majority of those games, the guy has been good. Well, it's like when you look at the Rams receiver, it's like the very poor man's version of the Rams receivers where you could start all of – like to me, I'd start the Rams receivers, all of them every week, assuming health, and I'd probably go into every week thinking I'm going to sit the Jaguars receivers, but I'll throw them in if I have to. Okay, like, so what? with the Rams receivers though, there's a there the guy you'd probably start the most is Cooks. Yeah. Maybe – no, no, I'm saying if they were all healthy. I'm just drawing the no, comparison. No, but what, what I'm saying is, like, you can kind of find there's a there's a one, and then maybe the two and the three are tied, right? Yeah. With the Jaguars, one, one, one. That's the problem. It's yeah. it's who's the one. It's a problem. That's why I don't want to start them. <laughs> but also, the good game that Dante Moncrief just had was seven points. Yeah, yeah. But not PPR on 15 targets. Yeah, he had six catches from 76 yards on 15 targets. If you get 15 targets, you should have 15 PPR fantasy points. He had 13. Buffalo 13 and Tennessee 12. All right, Derrick Henry, Deion Lewis. That's Heath, frustrating, man. Are we, are we done with them? We done? I, I don't think you can be done. Like with the state of running backs, what do you mean by done nah, with them? You like, can't, I, you can't I'm not going to start them this week to punish them if against somebody, the Ravens? If somebody you, dropped one of them, how aggressive would you be in adding a Titans running back? Uh, I would uh, add either of them. Uh, I, I don't believe I have a team. I may have one team. But I don't have very many teams with the running back depth where I could look at Derrick Henry or Deion Lewis on the waiver wire and just leave them there. Okay. But at the same time, they play Baltimore this week, 
and there is not a chance that I would start either of them. Yep. So I'll give you an example. I'm in a 12-team competitive PPR league where you only have to play one running back. So it's one running back, two receivers, and a flex. Derrick Henry has been available for two weeks, and I had a roster spot to play with. And I'm looking at it, and somebody, for whatever reason, dropped Jordy Nelson. That wasn't a hesitation in my mind to pick up Jordy Nelson. And you dropped who? I dropped... Derrick Henry? No. What does this have to do with the Titans running backs? That Henry's been sitting there. Oh, that, 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 you, you picked up Nelson over Henry. Yes, that, that Henry, and, and no one seems to have any in, inclination to pick up Derrick Henry. Well, yeah, if you only have to start one running back, then definitely you don't need to own Derrick But there, there are leagues where you don't necessarily have to play, and especially in PPR. Can you, can you see a scenario? How realistic is it that either Henry or Lewis has a huge second half? How realistic is it, is it that either Henry or Lewis gets hurt? Let's say they stay healthy. Not very realistic. Who scores a touchdown first, Derrick Henry or Julio Jones? Julio, <laughs> Julio scoring three next week. I'm just um, gonna keep. I'm gonna add one each week until he finally does. All right, let me wrap this game up. Would you rather have a Sean McCoy or, or a Titans running back? I'd rather, McCoy. I'd rather have McCoy in PPR, Henry in non PPR. Carolina 33 and the Giants 31, and a big time of time of possession difference. Carolina had the ball for about 11 more minutes than the Giants. So yeah, Eli had 23 point whatever. Adam, uh, we've covered most of this game. Why don't you tell us why you were mad about the Odo Beckham interview? I just don't think I don't think that's how you he shouldn't have said those things. That was not cool. We, they were all true, right? No, I don't. I don't actually didn't see the interview, but what he said about Eli Manning, he shouldn't have said. It's just a stupid thing to say. Like it's not a good. It's not being a good teammate when you're one and three. You start saying those things. Are you kidding me? I. I what did he say about Eli Manning? They said, is it his fault? And he said, I don't know. He's not going to be able to run this and that. Like, you shouldn't say that. I, I know you hate Eli Manning. You think he's the worst, whatever, but you shouldn't say those things. It's not cool. He said, I don't know. You shouldn't, he shouldn't have said it to begin with. You shouldn't he have given the thing an interview. He asked the question and said, I don't know. You don't talk like it's a ridiculous thing to say. It's just a bad thing to do. I it's don't know. It's a ridiculous thing to say. It's a ridiculous You're yeah. taking Eli Manning's side over Odell Beckham. Oh, the, the best player in the history of the franchise? Are you kidding me? Over, over Odell Beckham? Beckham? Yes. I mean, Beckham will end up being the best offensive. <laughs> Lawrence Taylor is the best player, best offensive player in the history of the franchise. Beckham will be that. But, you know, I find Cam Newton to be just really frustrating. I, his receivers are so bad. And and one of his interceptions was probably in Thomas's fault. But Cam is a, just a really up-and-down guy. But would you buy low? I don't know if you are buying low. I mean, he's had two huge games out of four. But, but right now, it, it, it feels low. Yeah, I'd probably buy low. But – um I mean, Olsen's coming back. Olsen's coming back, and uh, they're at Washington, then at Philadelphia, then Baltimore. Those might be tough matchups, but I don't Not think Philly. matchups matter. Not Philly. No, I don't think matchups matter for Cam Newton. They just don't. He is like – he's just so frustrating. Um, I don't really have anything else to say. I'm just venting about Cam Newton. I, I, he's just one of those guys. You're going to get a lot of uh, boomer bust with him. All right, Start do we, him. Do we care about Curtis Samuel? Great touchdown run or touchdown to – Great play to get into the end zone. Like you say start Cam Newton, and I think most years that easily you just start him. But I sat him for Dalton this week, and they were pretty close. I think I lost that one. Um, Newton had 19 <laughs> like, points. It was you like you just a, started Cam Newton every week this year, it, it's worked out for you. He's had 17 fantasy points and 19 fantasy points in two games and 33 in the other two. So it hasn't worked out for you. You know, I don't know what you're talking about. He scored 17 in week one, 19 in week five. He had a five. bad game in week one. So 17. how has it worked out for you? He had two bad games. 
your streaming option this week was worse than him, right? Yes. But in so it general, it would have worked out for you if you had just started him. But, but you, in you general, would, Heath, you would have started Dalton games. over over Cam. I would have. I started him because both of you had him had Dalton ranked over Cam. I looked at the rankings and I started Dalton over. Yeah, Cam. I don't think it's a slam dunk. You start Cam Newton every week. It depends on what your league is like, what your roster looks like. All right, uh, Chargers twenty six. Oh, checking the clock. There we go. <laughs> Chargers. 20- I thought he was giving me the evil. No, he was checking the, the clock because Delta. we're gonna worry. We gotta fit it in that time frame. Chargers twenty six, Oakland ten, and another game where the Chargers dominated time possession over Oakland here. Um, uh, all right, what do we got here? Uh, let's look at. We talked about almost all is, the Raiders. Yeah. All right, let's talk about let's talk about Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Um, Allen with eight catches for ninety yards. So Heath, this was his second best game of the year, but he has one touchdown on the year. Are you frustrated, Keenan Allen owner? Are you hopeful? Are you both? Are you what, what are you? I, I'm feeling just fine about having Keenan Allen. I think he'll score more touchdowns moving forward, uh, especially if you own him in a PPR league, which most leagues are. He had 17 fantasy points today, a very good day. I'm more worried slash frustrated slash don't know what to do with Mike Williams because he has enormous upside on a week-to-week basis. But the targets just are not there right now. So let's throw him, let's throw Mike Williams in with Kenny Stills and Quincy Anunwa as players who are 75% owned or more. Mike Williams is 84% owned. And how droppable are they? Where would Williams rank on the drop list with those three? I had a tough decision in another league with Muhammad Sanu because I, I, I wanted to pick up Muhammad Sanu and drop Mike Williams. I'm like, God, Mike Williams is going to score a touchdown against the Raiders. So I'm going to be upset with that. But at this point, I'm dropping Mike Williams from Muhammad Sanu. I think if you look at those three wide receivers, like if you had all three of those receivers on your team and you have to start one of them, it's just a week-to-week matchup thing. And the one with the worst matchup this week is Kenny Stills against the Bears. So he's probably the one I'd drop. I would say – oh, you know what, though? I think that Dave pointed out – I forget who the Bears played two weeks ago where he was debating a quarterback starter sit. Whatever it was. They um, played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, right. And he kind of liked Fitzpatrick. He loved Fitzpatrick. He said that the Bears give up big plays. So that's the only thing that Kenny Stills <sighs> yeah, knows how the, to do. No. no uh no. Fine, fine. Um All right. So Mike Williams, he still has upside. He's having a, he's little, bit of a, bust. a little bit of a slump. But he had he's had two games with 81 yards. He's had three games with 45 or fewer. So – Um all right. Then Minnesota 23, Philadelphia 21. And Kirk Cousins played – Pretty well. Only scored 16 fantasy points. He made some incredible throws in this game. He was 30 of 37. Don't be discouraged. Just didn't score the touchdowns. Um, Latavius was only only 13 touches. He wasn't that bad considering the matchup. They, they just gave up running the ball. So how are we feeling about Carson Wentz? Uh, I'll go to you first, Jamie. 24 fantasy points in this game and and needed needed the situation. You know, they were playing catch-up. He scored a lot of points in the fourth quarter, Carson Wentz. The Vikings almost gave up at the end of the game where they were just playing this prevent defense and letting them just kill the clock. And Zach Ertz, believe me, if you had Zach Ertz today, this is another guy. No catches in the first half and then dominant in the second half, especially in that last few drives uh, for the Eagles. But uh touchdown was 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 great. Um I don't like the offensive line for Philly. It was supposed to be a strength for this team. And he's been sacked 12 times now in three weeks. He's getting hit a ton. And kudos to him for not really showing any signs of it. But he is getting the snot beat out of him because that line is not the same. And so you've gotten good production from him in the last few weeks. I still think there's a ceiling he can get to. Uh, you know, another four or five fantasy points on a week-to-week basis where he can be in that 25 to 30 range. But you'll take the, the numbers the last two weeks. 
because he hasn't crushed your fantasy team. Yeah, 24 and 23 fantasy points he, last year. He needed the garbage time in this game to be good. And he play faces the Panthers next week. No, he's got the Giants this week. The so Giants and then the Panthers. Okay. Yeah, Giants Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, I and think he's a low end. He's a, and then the Jaguars. And then a bye. He's a low end starting option, kind of what we said about him coming into the season. Jay Ajayi is, uh, he fumbled. You know, we talk about Alex Collins and all his fumbles. Jay Ajayi might be the second fumbliest running back in football. Um, Heath. Fumbliest? Yeah, it's a word. Okay. Heath, uh, what do you think about this backfield going forward? This was another one of those situations where how late were we into the game before J.H.I. touched the football? Because Wendell Smallwood was a starting running back. And they made Corey – I think Corey Clement was active, right? I think they are terrified of the fragility, not the fumble, fumblity of <laughs> J.H.I. Uh, Adam, earmuffs. Why? You need Will Fuller for a big game? Yeah. He's out? He just fumbled. I'm going to lose. Oh, no, it was Hopkins. I'm sorry. Oh, thank you. Thank there you, you go. Um, I, I think they are, they are Clement was at, was scared to give J.H.I. too many touches, and he is a flex at best. Rams 33, Seattle 31. The longest podcast ever we got to pick it up. No, you're fine. You're good. Um, uh, I don't have anything to say about the Rams. Uh, do we think Russell Wilson is about to go all Russell Wilson on us and get crazy hot? Actually, boring question. Doug Baldwin. No, he's got the Raiders this week. They don't have to pass. Ba- Doug Baldwin had one catch for one yard. Tyler Lockett had a big game. Um, David Moore had a big game. Jamie, your take on the wide receivers? I mean, 10-team leagues, you could drop Doug, Doug, Baldwin. Doug Baldwin. Do we think, Heath, that Doug Baldwin's going to go all Doug Baldwin on us and have a big finish, big second half of the year? I don't want to drop Doug Baldwin. I do think he'll get back to being himself. I, I hope. I shouldn't say I think. It's it's hope right now. I'd like to hold on to him. You can't start him until you see something. As of right now, Tyler Lockett is the number one receiver on this team. Arizona 28, San Francisco 12. Uh, any takeaways here? Heath, is Christian Kirk the best Cardinals wide receiver? As of right now, Christian Kirk is the number one wide receiver on the Arizona Cardinals. All right, he only had three targets, but uh, four targets, but he caught three passes for 85 yards and a touchdown. Another crap game for Fitzgerald, 35 yards. Would you be hesitant at all to drop Fitzgerald? I dropped him in the one ten team league where I have him. I unfortunately can't in a 14-team league where I have him. In a 12-team league, I'm ready to drop. We're out of here. What? Oh, C.J. Beathard. C.J. Beathard. Two games with 20 or more fantasy points. It was all garbage time. Yeah. All righty. He's Carson Wentz. <laughs> He's Nick Foles. But, um... I got Heath, uh, you take care, buddy. See ya. Listeners, you talk, you take care. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you on Tuesday with the waiver wire. Adios, everybody. Thanks for listening.